When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate, review, and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear feedback from you guys. Now, let's get into the show. On this episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, the crew talks to Brandon Thomas, an independent insurance broker from Austin, Texas. Brandon is a licensed insurance broker in the states of Texas, Colorado, and North Carolina. His focus is on life and health, so he serves life insurance, health insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, disability insurance, and sales group insurance for business owners looking to help employees out. He is also a part-time real estate investor with a focus on wholesaling, and he offers free personal finance consulting courses. Brandon offers some real good insight on the insurance industry and shares information that we all need to know. Now let's get to the episode. What's good, everybody? David with Black Wealth Renaissance here, checking in, checking in. What's, what's good? What's good, y'all? It's Jalen, Black Wealth Renaissance. How y'all doing? We hope y'all enjoying it. What up, what up, what up? It's Jared. You know, just checking in. We about to uh, get this episode started. Yeah, man. Welcome, everybody, to episode 14 of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Got a very another very special episode with us. We got our man, Brandon Thomas, with us. 
Brandon is born and raised in Austin, Austin, Texas. Super dope, brother. We just had a little nice conversation with him before the podcast. Yeah, man. Like I respect this man, bro. Yeah, young man, too. Yeah, younger man. than us. This is a this is a rarity. That's, that's saying something, man. Like we twenty five and stuff, so we got you somebody 25, younger. Bro, I'm oh. twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm old. I'm old, man. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You can't give me that twenty five too quick, now. Yeah, I'm saying, bro. Yeah, y'all not too much older. Yeah, man. We nah, we, nah, nah. You're not like, I thought y'all was in your 30s or something, the way y'all no. was talking. But Brandon, how you feeling, fam? I'm feeling good, brother. I'm excited. Uh, good health, good mindset. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. You know what I'm saying? So how about you, brothers? Man, we doing good, man. Can't complain. I know you see I'm in my work shirt. I was working earlier. So but like you said, we got health. Well, we here. Um, Congrats, um, and also welcome to the show, man. We thank, thank you, you for being here with us. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. glad you reached out to us, too, because it's like, this is this is just dope, the type of conversations we can have with like-minded individuals and, like, share this and put this out there to the community because you're real big in insurance, and that's something that we've been meaning to talk about for a minute. So now we can get this information out there to the community. Yes, sir. Yeah, um... Usually when I hear podcasts, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, real estate and credit and stuff like that, which is, I mean, definitely good, but I really don't see nobody talking about insurance and not trying to like be, you know, cocky and anything like that. But I feel like I got that lane locked um, as far as social media and stuff goes. But I don't see anybody, you know, putting out, you know, the information that I put out, you know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, thank you guys for uh, giving me a chance to, um, Bless your listeners with the information that I have. So, thank you. No problem, my brother. Yeah, we appreciate you coming out, man. So, we're going to get started, get into it, man. Um, We just want you to tell our listeners about yourself, you know, where you're from. Obviously, you're from Austin, but how you got started and what you're doing. And just a little bit about, like, what made you come to insurance and how you got there. Okay. Um, Born and raised in Austin, Texas. Uh, I am a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I just made it a full year, May 22nd. Um, when I was working, like I didn't, I didn't go to, well, I went to college for a year. Uh, I ended up dropping out cause I could not decide on a major. And I had like, my dad was trying to influence me into stuff. And then I had a girlfriend that was trying to influence me into stuff. And I knew I always wanted to be like successful, you know, and be like a man, but I was just wasting my time at college. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it wasn't making sense for me then. And I'm not the type of person to say college was a scam. Um, but just for me, like it just wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. Um, so I didn't go to any kind of trade school or nothing like that. Uh, I was just working like fast food. Um, so I was working at Jack in the Box, like maybe tw- in 2014. Um, then I started working at Raising Cane's, which is uh, starting in you guys state, Louisiana. Yes, um, and then I left that job and I was working at this, uh, I was doing a commissary for this, uh, little healthy, like kind of like vegan restaurant. Um, and I was working there and, um, I was just going through like, a, I guess like a, a spiritual awakening, I guess you can say. So I just started, you know, getting out of my comfort zone and started, you know, listening to, uh, to new things. Um, and particularly, uh, like I say, Todd Millionaire was putting me on some game with his podcast and his uh, the, the guests he had on there. 
Yeah, um, man, shout out to Charles, man. Guess on episode twelve. Shout out. And then I started listening to Nipsey more. Like I said, uh, um, if when I first was listening to Nipsey, I always knew he was cool, and I always saw his videos where he was talking about you know real stuff, you know having assets and not blowing off your money on dumb stuff. So I always heard that, but I never really was like listening to his music until he dropped that victory lap. And I heard that, like I said, I was reading different books, like They Can Grow Rich, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then all that stuff just, um, like I said, opened my mind. So I basically ended up quitting my job back, like I said, May, May 22nd. But when I quit my job, I did not have any kind of like lane lock. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I just knew that the job I was working at, I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to move up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I ended up quitting maybe a month later. I got into, um, affiliate marketing and it was good until, like I said, just some, some, some messed up stuff happened. Quick, quick, uh, quick segue, Brandon. Can you explain what affiliate marketing all entails for our followers? Okay, so affiliate marketing is kind of like, um, it's multi-level marketing. So basically what you're doing is, is you are either, you're promoting a company's product. So some people might have affiliate marketing with like Avon. That was like one of the first like affiliate marketing um, deals. And like and Herbalife and all that stuff. Lemu. Herbalife. Yeah. Uh, that Forex, I Market Slav. Um, a lot of companies are doing affiliate marketing now. And basically what you could do is you could either sell the product and, you know, get paid, you know, just some part-time income. Or if you want like a full-time income, you can do all that recruiting stuff. Um, now that stuff ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? So when I was doing it, I was just selling a product. So that was what the, the credit service was. So I would do like free consultations with people and then I would just refer them to my website. You know what I'm saying? And then they would log in, do what they have to do. And, you know, I would get paid, you know, 50, 100 bucks. And then that was that. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't say multi-level marketing is a scam. But I will say that you have to know what you're getting into before you do it. Like, that stuff ain't easy. It's not passive at all because you definitely got to always be, like, recruiting people. You got to be motivating your recruits to keep going. It's a lot of stuff. So, um, but like I said, I, I had stopped doing that. Um and then, like I said, I was messing with this girl, and uh, she basically invited me to these uh, to her, you know, her mentor's house. And they were like, "Hey, Brandon, you ever thought about getting into insurance?" And on Twitter, I was already talking about it, but not really in debt. But I ended up getting my license um, with the agency, but I left the agency because, like I said, they kind of do that recruiting stuff too. And I was like, "Man, I, I don't really too much care about that." Um, so now I'm just a, I'm just an independent broker. So uh, basically, what I do is. I just get contracted independently with uh, any company and I just sell um, whatever like services or products that they have. Um. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And that stuff has been jumping like ever since I, I, I jumped in that water. So, no. Oh. And like, I think it's it's cool that you like, you weren't afraid to just keep moving to things. Like that's something we always talk about on the show is because like people are scared to take chances. And yeah. that's the biggest 
problem with people in our community. Yeah. Just, we got all these self-limiting beliefs that like, oh man, I could never do this. Or, oh man, I could never do that. But end of the day, it's just about doing it. Exactly. And like just the fact that you were willing to move from one thing to another while in the process of finding yourself, you're 23 now and you're doing so much better than you were when you were 21. Like yeah. you make progress through change. Yeah. And our community, like they avoid change because they're scared. They, they have themselves limited beliefs. Yeah. yeah. I had to, I had to get out of that, man. Cause like I didn't, I grew up basically one step up from poverty. We basically grew up with enough money to be poor in the suburbs, if that makes sense. So, but my mom still had to work two and three jobs. She was a single mother. You know what I'm saying? Um, we didn't really, I, I never was on welfare, but of course like WIC and um, food stamps. Um, so like I said, we basically, was like one step up from, you know, living in the inner city like the hood. So, um, but yeah, I saw that and, you know, other people that I used to hang out with, you know, that was in the inner city in the hood. I saw how they grew up and I was just like, man, I don't, I'm not repeating this process. So, um, like you said, I man, I have to make a, I have to make a change. Man. So. For sure, man. Um, I do want to get into another part where you said you're a full-time entrepreneur. Like, can you just tell us what that was like for you and what made you take that, that, that leap off the balcony and say, you know what? Forget that nine to five. I'm about to just go head in. I'm about to just dive in. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 the internet, a lot of people on the internet think entrepreneurship is easy. So I'd like for you to talk about that part of it, man. Well, no, entrepreneurship is not easy. I don't, I don't, I don't want anybody to think that. Um, so what happened with me was, like what we were talking about before we started recording, um, I really got into entrepreneurship at the age of 20, but it wasn't legal, you know what I'm saying? So I was doing stuff illegally, making money, but I really wasn't too big with like spending my money. I was already like saving up and stuff. Yeah. Um, but at that time, like I said, I was, I was kind of like in the conscious groove, you know what I'm saying? So I was really saving up uh, to invest in some land out in Africa, you know what I'm saying? So that was my mindset then. Um, but I was making so much money like, outside of my job, it had got to a point to where like I wasn't even working 40 hours a week at the job, you know what I'm saying? So really with entrepreneurship now, I'm working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. But when I was working at a job, bro, I'm, I'm maybe hitting 25 hours a week, maybe. So the the shift, the shift was, was a bit easy, you know, because I already had money saved up. But at that time, like I said, I didn't really have a lane locked. So it was like, well, dang, I have to get in. I have to do something quick. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, like I said, that illegal stuff, I mean, I wasn't doing, you know, anything like really bad. But it's like still, you know, I didn't I didn't want to be like known for that. You know what I'm saying? Plus, like I grew up good. You know what I'm saying? I didn't grew up. I didn't I didn't have to do what I what I did. You know, I could have easily stayed in college. I could have easily, you know, I got offered plenty of jobs where I could have been, you know, making anywhere between 14 to 18 dollars an hour. So I could have, but I was like, nah, I'm just going to take the risk over here and see what I can do over here. So, but yeah, entrepreneurship definitely is not easy. Um, for me, for myself, you know, I wake up at five 30 to work out. Um, I have to, you know, Uber is like a supplementary income. I have to come up with creative content. I have to learn um, different stuff about different products. I got to market these products. 
I have to, you know, drive out to these clients and present these products. Um, I might have to, you know, sometimes, you know, do like a, um, another meeting. So I had to drop back out to these clients and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely a lot of work and that's just the insurance. That's not even talking about what I do on the wholesale side, you know, where you got to skip trace all these lists, cold call, do all this. Um, I do, uh, I send out letters. So, and I do that myself, you know what I'm saying? So matter of fact, as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm about to go driving for dollars. That's so the hustle don't stop my brother at all. There's nothing guaranteed. You know, I don't, I don't get a check, you know, every two weeks. So, it's like you really have to be on your hustle. You know what I'm saying? And for me, like, I don't have anything to go back to. So because what I did was I told myself, I was like, bro, if you're going to jump into this entrepreneur life and you're going to want success and wealth, that two-week uh, notice, that's a no. You're going to have to walk out. So I basically burnt that bridge so I don't have no college degree. Um, matter of fact, I quit my last three jobs. So – it would be hard for me to go back anywhere. I don't have no trade skills, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but like I said, I'm in a good position because I mean, I'm licensed with my insurance, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not no fraud. So, uh, I mean, I'm good, you know, there. So, but yeah. Hey, that's really, that's really dope, bro. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's going to touch a lot of people. And I, I respect you for that, man. Yes, sir. Um, and you kind of already got into another question of like, but what what really made you? I know you said you know you tried a few things. You tried you tried the credit, you tried uh, the forex stuff. What made you really stick with the insurance? What drew you to the insurance? What's what's your why with that? Uh, well, my biggest why with the insurance is it's really not talked about in our community. Um, and I mean, honestly, like life insurance is the cheapest way to pass on generational wealth. You know, thanks, my brother. You can like I can I can link you with uh you know uh, 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 you know a policy that's maybe like fifty dollars maybe fifty dollars you know and then as soon as you pass away you know your people's inheriting you know six figures and for some people maybe even seven figures you know what I'm saying so um, I was just like man I got to bring back the importance of that you know to the show I mean not to the show I'm sorry to my community and. Um, you know, like I said, just put it out there and make people. Some people think it's life insurance is a scam for some reason. Man, I I really don't, that's something we need to talk uh, about as a community. I don't understand why. Like, what? What's a scam about? Like, what? What's the? Uh, I don't get it. I'm hoping my people understand, but I don't get it. I think a lot of that is rooted in like not a lot the, of the older the older people's mentality because during like in the past. In like Jim Crow era, I've read books like Henry Adelax and stuff like that. So in time in Malcolm X's book, uh, they didn't pay life insurance policies out to black people in like the Jim Crow era and pre-civil rights and things like that. So a lot of people in our community take those teachings from their parents and their grandparents and they don't think further into it and see that times have changed in that regard. Yeah. But it's one of those things that I feel like as a community we just that that conversation needs to be had more because we yeah. don't understand that things have changed in that regard. Yeah. No, they, people definitely need to understand cause it's too many examples. Like, but people got to educate themselves, you know, um, the guy that created JC pennies, he started that, you know, uh, taking money out of his, uh, whole life policy. Um, the founder of McDonald's, 
had to pay his business expenses and paid his employees with the whole life policy. Uh, Master P with no limit, invested in built no limit from uh, a policy payout from uh, his grandfather's death. You know what I'm saying? So people need to educate themselves on like the, like I say, the, the, of course, like personal finance education, cause you don't want your kids inheriting, you know, half a million dollars and going out and buying, you know, a big house and, you know, a nice foreign car. Cause I mean, that's not really going to do them nothing, you know, but like I say, literally like 30, $50 a month, you know what I'm saying? Can guarantee your descendants like wealth as soon as you pass away. So I don't get, I don't get the scam stuff. Um, people need to prioritize it. Cause I, I made, I even made a post on, uh, on Facebook this morning and really I, I said it for the millennials. I best was like, man, if you can smoke weed every month or every, every day, every week, you can afford life insurance. So if you're out here doing that, you need to prioritize your stuff. Especially big facts. Big, big old facts. Because uh, what we going for, man, that's, that's half of a, that's half of a policy right there. Yep. Exactly. But, but Brandon, I don't I do want to dive into something with you because you mentioned it twice. You said that two people funded their businesses, the JC Penny man and I can't quite recall them, but they funded their businesses with whole life policies. Yes, sir. A person who does insurance, what's your take on the whole whole life versus term argument? Okay. Uh that's a great question. I'm, I'm so glad you asked me that. So as a broker, you know, I have a lot of products, you know, so if some agents out there, I'm not going to name any, anybody, but if some agents out there that can only do term life insurance. So it's like, they've been seasoned to hate on whole life because they can't sell it. So it's just like McDonald's hating on Burger King because McDonald's don't have, you know, the, the chicken fries or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, but my, my take when I, when I sit down with the client, um, I basically let them know like, Hey, uh, I break down the pros and cons of term and I break down the pros and cons of having a permanent life insurance. So if I had, you know, an individual that was young and he's like, man, I want to invest my money into real estate and blah, 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 businesses. I would tell him like, bro, get you a 20, 30 year term is cheaper. And you've got 20 to 30 years to build up your wealth. And in that time, by the time your, your policy cancels, you know, you don't need life insurance because you have. A, a nice enough net worth and assets to just pass on, you know, to your kids. But if I have a client that's not as risky, you know, maybe he has a good job. He's a manager or a general manager of a restaurant. You know, I'll, I'll tell him like, Hey, like that 401k is not going to give you no safe retirement. So you probably want to invest in a whole life policy because now you'll have that 401k and then you have this cash value that'll supplement your retirement or, you know, you can want to invest in something. Um, matter of fact, um, I had met this girl at the club and her dad happened to be at the club too, which was funny. <laughs> so I got his number. Um, cause he was, this was a while back and he was, you know, he was looking for like a product that I had. Um, and I like that, that's how me and him built the relationship. And he told me, he was like, man, I'm a, I'm a real estate developer and stuff like that. So later on I hit him up and I, I told him like, yo bro, I do insurance. Like, let me, you know, just give you a presentation. And he was like, yeah, man, let's do it. He's a black dude, so he's cool. So I did the presentation for him. This guy's maybe like 45, maybe. And I tried. I showed him a, a permanent life insurance policy. And he was like, man, this sounds familiar. I think I might have one. And he was like, let me check up on financial advisor to see what's going on. 
So he checked and he told me, he was like, hey, bro, I don't need that policy because I already have it. And thank you for reminding me. But now I got $95,000 in my in my policy. So I'm about to go invest in some real estate. Damn. So that's what I'm saying. So I don't get, like I say, I break, I break everything down for people. Um, I don't try to, you know, shift anybody into a certain policy. Um, I basically break, you know, everything down. So, sure. but I'm, like I say, for some clients, I'm, I'm, you should get a term. Some clients, I'm like, yo, you should get permanent. So, like I said, that's that's. I'm just, I'm a fan of having life insurance, dude. So yeah, that's, that's pretty dope, man. I, I'm glad you really got on that because we had made a post about the two types of life insurance. And me personally, I'm a proponent of whole life insurance because I I know, like me as a young person, I could benefit from that because I look at it as a retirement thing. Yeah, a lot of people take that. That uh, a lot of people are in the comments like, "Oh man, you would save so much money if you get a term policy, and just invest the difference." But my my mentality on it is, I'm not worried about this life insurance policy. This is for when I die. I don't plan on dying in the next ten to twenty years. Yeah, I plan on dying when I'm ninety or something like that. I want this money on the side so I can do things with it in the future. I can invest in real estate off that policy. I can do so many different things off that policy that a term life policy won't afford you. Yep, that is and, true. And um, I like how you brought both of them up too because I just want you to do like a general, just like a quick overview synopsis of the difference between those two. You don't have to go into depth because I know it, it can get pretty deep between yeah, those yeah. two. Well, actually, I'll go into three different types of policies. Okay. So um, the first is term. So basically with the term, you can get that anywhere between five and 30 years, or I'm sorry, increments of five, like five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Um, some of those policies are guaranteed renewable, meaning that as soon as, you know, like let's say you get a 10 year term. So if it's guaranteed renewal, as soon as that 10 years is up, it's all automatically renewed, but your premium will go up though. Cause now let's say you're 21 when you got that policy, you know, they're going to charge you at 21, but now you're 31. So now they're going to charge you at 31, but you don't have to get like another medical exam. Everything is all good. Um, but if you don't have guaranteed renewability on term, the policy just cancels and you could either try to get another one. Um, but I mean, that's like the con of it. Cause let's say, let's say you're, you're 25, you know, you get a 30 year term, but you really didn't invest in anything, you know, over that 30 years, you know what I'm saying? You just got it because it was the cheapest thing you could get. If that term ends, like like I said, let's say you're 25, 30 year term, so now you're 55. So let's say, you know, you either have diabetes or you had cancer. So now if you try to renew it, they can say, oh, okay, hold up. Well, you have diabetes, so now we're gonna have to upcharge you. Or now you smoke tobacco, so now I gotta upcharge you. Or oh now you have cancer. So sorry, man, you can't get it. So that's like a con of the term. But I mean the pros is it's it's cheaper. Um and like you could get higher face amounts, you know, and it'll, it'll still be, you know, cheaper than a whole life. Um, so whole life, the only con about whole life insurance is that it's uh, more expensive. Um, that's really it. But you basically with whole life, you have um, a fixed premium. So it might be like seven, $70 a month. Um, you have a fixed death benefit. It might be $200,000 a month. And then you'll have a fixed, um, a fixed interest rate. So they might give you, you know, maybe like 4%, you know, which is okay. Uh, but they have this new product that I like, uh, one of my favorite products. 
and it's called Index Universal Life Insurance. So it's basically the same as whole life, except for nothing is fixed. So on your premium, you know, your minimum might be like 70 bucks, but your maximum could be like 250. So you have a range of, you know, how much you can invest, you know, every month. Of course, the more you put in, the more you'll get out of it. Um, the death benefit on those is not fixed though. So you can start off, let's say you're 25 and you started off at a hundred thousand, but you know, by the time you turn 85, you know, now your policy is worth a million dollars in death benefit, you know, and then your cash value doesn't have a cap either. Um, and then the, the rate is higher. So like I said, with whole life, you have a fixed uh, return, which might be like 4%. These index universal life, you can get up to 15%. Um, and then you have like a market floor to where, because uh, these uh, whole life and well, permanent insurance period is based off of indexes. So like S&P 500, uh, NASDAQ. So basically, however those companies perform is how your policy will perform. Hmm. Um, but you just have a market cap and you have a market floor. So, you know, if the S&P 500 did, you know, like 30%, um, for, you know, 2019, you get 15%, and then the company would get, whatever company that you do your insurance will get 15%. Um, on the other hand, let's say, you know, S&P 500 does negative 30%, you know, you'll have a floor of like 0.75. So basically with that policy, you're guaranteed 0.75 on your money, which is more money than you'll, I mean, more interest than you'll get at, uh, at a traditional um Savings account, yeah. Where you gonna get like point what zero 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 zero? Man, fuck savings accounts. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel. Unless they high interest, that's how I feel. If you got if you you banking with just a regular savings account, you losing. Yeah, you point blank period. Yeah, ah, yeah, you yeah definitely losing, definitely. But a lot of people do it also because they don't know a lot of alternatives too. So like us telling them about different stuff like this can be good because now we're giving them. So like what else can they do if they don't want to save us yeah but i mean like i said i mean it, it, people just need to listen to more podcasts where they're bringing out you know more information so yeah you got a uh, major tip stop listening got, uh, to the same damn song 20 times and listen to the podcast yeah yeah it's it's really the older folks that you know they just it's just like an older like just save your money save 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 you know not let's save this money to invest you know, um, so like I said, people just got to just be educated on um, different investment vehicles and stuff like that. So everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Honestly, and like I do see that with our generation, though. People are starting to seek those vehicles and how can they invest. Um, it's just like, it's, it's a movement. The ball is rolling. And um, that's why we started this because we, we, we saw it rolling. So we was like, we got to shine light on this. Yeah, we got in front of that. Yeah, we got to be the leaders of this. We got to show people and teach people. So that's how it all got started anyway. Um, and I do thank you for like just breaking down the way the insurance works. And um, just the three different types. Um, I know you do different uh, other types of insurance also. Um, you certify with what? Health? Your health? Disability. And uh, disability? Um, so basically, depending on your state and how you take your insurance, um, like for instance, Texas, when you take your, when you, uh, take your, your test to get licensed, uh, my test was life and health. 
Um, for some states, you can only get life, and then to for health, you have to do like some other um, like course and you know uh, all that stuff. So look, I mean, like I say, I'm blessed because I mean I, I knock you know two birds out with one stone. Um, so basically, like I said, as an independent broker, I try to um, get contracted with um, people that have at least a uh, like an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, the Triple B, BBB. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm brokered with uh, Transamerica, Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, United Health, uh, Everest, which is a concierge service that people really don't know too much about. Um, Molina, which is a um, it's a smaller, uh, it's like an affordable health insurance. Um, I do Medicaid, CHIP. Um, basically, I pretty much do everything um, in the life and in health insurance world. Um, so yeah, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, also do group insurance for business owners. Um, so if y'all some business owners and y'all need some life insurance, yeah, I'll have my boy. Well, I do, I can do health benefits as well. So, uh, if you are a business owner and you have employees and you're not offering your employees health benefits, you are tripping. Um, cause it's, it's cheaper to get health insurance through your employer than it is through me as a broker. Um, well, I mean, some health insurances, like I can sell cheap, but it's like, it's always some type of stipulation. Like I sell short-term insurance, which is very cheap, very affordable, but it's only going to last you for a year and you can only renew it up three times. So after that third year, you're going to have to get with that Obamacare and start paying $500 a month. So yeah. So it's, it's crazy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I pretty much do everything. Disability insurance, uh, everything dude so i was asking i was saying and because of where he stays like uh he didn't have to take multiple tests for all those different licenses it was just one it was just well it was one test but you have to get certified um so um and sometimes it sucks because every time you get with a different company they want you to get certified through their program so i have to get certified to sell medicare I had to get certified to sell long-term care. Um, you have to get certified to sell um, uh, health insurance with the Affordable Care Act or what people call Obamacare. So it's, it's definitely like a lot of money you got to put into it. Um, every time I want to get licensed in another state, like I have to pay um, $200. Um, and I will be getting licensed in Louisiana soon too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I say, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's not just one one test. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a lot of stuff you got to go through. You got to get like you got to get certified to sell annuities. Like it's yeah, it's a lot of stuff. So I was saying, so it definitely requires some dedication and investing in yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, a lot, a lot of time learning different products, learning how to market stuff. Um, yeah, so it's a lot, dude. It's a lot. I like. It. I enjoy it though. So. I- Brandon, I do want to go back and touch on something, the Affordable Care Act. Because a lot of people don't understand the Affordable Care Act. Could you explain that a little bit more? Like, why would the premium be so high on the Affordable Care Act? So basically what the Affordable Care Act was, which people call Obamacare, it basically was a marketplace set up to uh, help you get insurance, like, easily. You basically log into this marketplace, um, put in, you know, your information, and it's gives you supposed to give you the best quote 
Um, now, for, there's some good things about the uh, ACA, and there are some bad things. Of course, like the bad things is definitely like the the, the cost. Because, um, dude, I, I'll sell health insurance to like families, and you know they're paying like sixteen hundred dollars a month. Not a, not a year, not a year. But I mean, these are like real estate investors, so they, they it's like it, it definitely hurts. It, it, it hurts for them to have to pay that much, but it's not nothing that they can't do. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, I mean, the good thing about it is, I mean, if you're if you're younger than 26, you know, you can stay on your uh, parents' health insurance. You know, especially if they if they threw it like a employer, it's basically cheaper uh, that way for you. Um, but yeah, I hear people, you know, they'll say good things about it. People say bad things about it. Um, it's definitely easier to get the insurance because now um, people that have pre-existing conditions, like it's like a law that you can't deny anybody. So if you have a cancer or something, um, you'll still have the same health insurance. Uh, but what happens is, is that they don't, they're not going to upcharge you because of your pre-existing condition. So I think that's why all the premiums are higher. Yeah. Wow. So you got to pay for the sick people now. You got to pay for the sick people now. So yeah, it's, uh, like I say, it's, 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 it's definitely detrimental. And I think, I think Trump is going to do something, but I, I don't know. Cause they just made a ruling that it was, I think he cap, bro. I'm being I, don't, real. I don't know, man, because he, he's been rolling back a lot of stuff that Obama implemented. What I'm saying. Yeah. He rolled a lot of stuff back, but never brought nothing to the table. He stated a lot of things about rollbacks. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're taking away the Affordable Care Act. Like, but there's no system to replace it, so they don't yeah. to. Honestly, what I think he's going to do, he probably might roll it back, make a few tweaks, and slap his, his fucking that name on it. Yeah, 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 I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, yeah. too. Honestly. Because, like you said, it's not a bad policy, but it's just the fact that you got to cover up you yeah. got to pay for the sick, the people. sick people now. Yeah. Like, that's why yeah. your policy is so high. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely uh, definitely going to hurt their pockets, man. I appreciate you touching on that for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, my brother. Um, And for those that don't know how to use your life insurance policy to invest, can you kind of go into what that – what that process will look like, like borrowing. I don't know if it's, if it's even called borrowing against your policy. Is it, would yeah. that be what it is? Um, so basically, you can either, whenever you have a permanent policy, um, you can either withdraw or you can withdraw. I mean, you can take a loan out against your policy. Um, so, but and these are the things about the loans, though. You can only take a loan of what you have in your cash value. So if you get a whole life policy and you're like, well, hey, I want $50,000 cash value, you know, you can't just walk out the next day or, you know, hit them up the next day and say, oh, hey, man, can I brought that 50000 Like, no, I don't work like that. So you'd have to have the equity already built up to uh, have a loan. But the, the thing about the loans is this, like, they're not always meant to be paid back. But what happens is, is they'll just deduct it from your death benefit. So for example, let's say, you know, you got a, you know, a policy and it's, you know, it took out maybe like $50,000, right? Your death benefit is like $200,000 and you took a loan out of $50,000 and let's say you pass away. So instead of your kids getting that 200, they're only going to get 150. Okay. You know, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's how that works. Uh, but I mean, if you, if you're planning on investing, like if you're trying to use your policy to invest, um, 
then your goals will probably be different because you probably would be like, okay, well, I'm just going to use all this money um, to invest because, I mean, I'll just pass them on these assets. You know, I don't really care about the, the life insurance, the death benefit anymore. So it really, it's really about, you know, your goals as a, as a policy holder. So do you run into a lot of investors that uh, do start with their insurance like that or that are setting their self up to be able to do that later? Uh, a lot of the in business owners and investors that I talk to, they, they rather have term policies um, just because they already got all their money wrapped up in other investments. And it's basically, you know, basically just insurance just for that, that length of time. You know, if something happens to them, okay, well, you know, I'm passing this on to my spouse or my child and I know that they'll continue well, you know what I'm trying to do. So, um, like I said, as, as a policy holder, it really just depends on what your, what your goals are. And, you know, my, I make it my job to just break everything down for you, um, and make you see like the long, uh, game, you know, not just right now. So nope. that, that's what it's all about. The long game always. Yeah. It, we, we talking about investors. You invest in real estate as well. So yes, can we talk about that a little bit? How you got into that and how that's going? Okay. So, um, I will say that I, I am, I just got started in February. Um, but I got involved. I always know I want to get into real estate. Cause like I say, I was always hearing, you know, top millionaire talk about it and all of his guests, but I didn't know when I was going to pull the trigger. Um, but back in 2018, when I first got into entrepreneurship, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get into real estate. I'm just gonna be maybe like three, three or five years later down the line. Um, but I started following this guy on Twitter. Y'all know Brandon Jones, right? Mm, I'm not. I'm not very active on Twitter. Like oh. I'm just getting into the Twitter game. Oh, B underscore R E invest. Yeah. Okay. I do know who you're talking about. Then. Okay. Yeah. yeah like it sure says uh, real estate money, making real estate yeah. money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, know yeah, you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I saw him talking about it. And should I paid him to be my mentor and then he sent me the contracts and uh, all the game. And then, you know, I be, I call him, you know, and every time I have a question or something like that. And uh, I just jumped in that water, but I will say, so since February, um, I actually got my first two deals uh, this month. Um, my first deal went bad though man i i, I lost three thousand dollars in that deal bro you sound like us bro <laughs> oh man you sound like us man yeah. i ain't gonna lie to you yeah i lost because um the dude like well i was investing outside of austin into houston like in third ward so i just made a rookie mistake by trying to use the gentrification in austin like the numbers here to those numbers out there and it was a fourplex and i think i overpriced it maybe by like, you know, maybe like 50, 60,000. And every buyer that I talked to was like, yo, this is a good property, but you know, I want it for this price. And it was like nowhere close to what I got under contract for. So the seller was like, yeah, you can have it. Uh, but I got other offers, but if you give me $3,000, um, uh, non-refundable earnest money, you know, you can have it. So I was like, all right, bet. So basically, you know, damn near emptied out, uh, emergency funds, Cause I was like, bro, this deal is going to work, but it didn't work. But oh, what, what's good though, you is that like so much. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was good because, um, this other seller, like I did, I did a walkthrough with this other seller, made him an offer and he, he, he didn't give me an answer. He was, um, cause the property was a church. 
and it's on the east side of Austin. And right now, the east side of Austin is really like it's it's booming. Yeah. So he basically, like I said, he didn't respond to my to my offer. I literally texted this dude like every week for like a month, and he wasn't responding. So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going. You know, I'm saying go after this guy no more. So out of nowhere, he texts me. He like, hey, bro, I got three acres that I'm trying to um, move. Um, can you help me out? And I didn't know. I don't know no land developers, but I I was like, yeah, bro, like yeah, I'm gonna help you out. You know what I'm saying? So um, right now, this is my second deal. I'm still in it right now. Um, it was supposed to close on the 24th, but I don't think it is because we found a buyer, and this is like a land deal. So like I say, it's three acres on the east side of Austin, raw land, and the buyer is basically doing um, like feasibility, trying to see what he can do on the land, getting utilities and stuff. Um, and I'm actually doing a JV. Uh, so I got that property under contract for 1.41 million. Um, I'm trying to move it. I, I told, I told the guy that I'm JVing with, um, I was like, well, Hey, market it for like 1.65, but the lowest I'll take is 1.45. So when this closes, you know, um, on a low end 20,000, but I mean, we can move it for 1.65. Bro, that'll that, bro. That'll be crazy. Hey, hey I hope that works out for you, my brother. Man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Things he just touched on, because a lot of the things you just said speaks on the power of persistence and teamwork. Yeah, those are like two major takeaways from that. Yeah, even though Buddy ain't responding to you for a month, you kept on hitting. You, you kept, kept hitting him up, and what he did exactly. whenever you had something else, he hit you back. Exactly. Cause I mean, he, he told me after the first time I met him, he was like, he was like, Hey bro, I know I just met you and stuff, but, um, just keep working hard, bro. And you, you're going to get where you're trying to go. And I mean, he basically had told me no, but I mean, he gave me that. And I mean, even right now, dude, me and him are building up like a great relationship. And I mean, this is like a, a seven figure dude. Like it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I just, um, like I said, everything is going to go straight. It's just the fact that we just got to keep extending um like this stuff you know I'm, but i mean it's only i've only had it under contract maybe since like like the sixth it was really it was the 17th so i mean it really hasn't been long but the 17th of this month or last month of this month so oh, i said you yeah, you're so good yeah you got time bro like, yeah we good i'm like saying and the seller knows i'm a wholesaler so he's basically like dude i just don't want to put this on the market you know i just want it to just close so yeah. he wanted like a he wanted like a fast close, but I was just like, "Yo, dude, like, I don't think that's gonna happen." But I can definitely get you that one point four one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how that stuff's going now. Um, and um, like I said on the weekends, that's where I really you know zone in on the on the wholesaling as far as you know contacting sellers and trying to find properties and skip tracing. You know all that all that good stuff. All yeah. that good work. All the good work. <laughs> that work. That's the, that's the, but, work, the shit people don't want to do. That yeah, work. you got to do the dirty work, man. Like, yeah. like got, my man Racy, the dirty work. Yeah, man. You got to fall in love with the hard shit, man. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do the hard work. But the hard work, that's where you make your money, man. Exactly. That's where you that's where you develop them skills. That's where you, you really find out what you're made of. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, that, that that's how you get it, bro. So, but I mean, if you if you put into your mind that the work really ain't that hard, because I mean, at the end of the day, all you're really doing is contacting people. That's yeah, really yeah. you, you just like, gotta call them for about three, four hours. But hey, yeah. 
That, and that's really the thing with it. Like, I think that's because whenever we started whole sudden, that was one of our bigger reservations. Was like, oh man, it kind of go back to that self limiting belief thing. Oh man, I don't want to call them right now. It might be like, uh, they might be with their family or some shit. Man, fuck all that. Yeah. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like uh I, I still cold call from time to time, but I like sending out letters. That's where I've gotten my all my leads from. Really? Yeah, mm. I think I had a cold call and I think I've only got like one lead. And I met this I made this guy offer. I was supposed to meet up with him and then like last minute he was like, I think I'm gonna hold on to the property, bro. So I was like, Okay. So but yeah, letters letters be working for me. So Hey. So, question: How long? How long have you been wholesaling, or had you been wholesaling before you got that uh, that first deal? Um, February, March, about four or five months. Okay. Four or five months every every weekend, and then um, I put in work a couple of hours Tuesdays and Thursdays. So five months of that, no money. You know what I'm saying? We're still going. You gotta be oh, willing man. to not. You gotta be willing to not get the bag in order to get the bag, man. Yeah. Rashad said last week, you gotta be comfortable working without getting paid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially in this entrepreneur game, you're trying to build yourself a brand, or not even not even a brand. You're trying to get yourself out there, like. And I still gotta tell myself that sometimes because I'm I'm like, man, I like, you know, I should be killing it more. And it's like I'm definitely like getting good business, but. It's like it's never enough, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, I understand that I haven't even been licensed for a year yet, you know what I'm saying? So um, I just keep putting in that work. And you're really young as hell, bro. Like, you really, like, you are ahead of the curve by so many, like, meters, bro. Young. <laughs> like, but it, it's crazy, though. Like, if I, when if, if I was thinking like that whenever I was 23, or like, even, I like, you, bro. Cause like, like we didn't hit this wave until around a little earlier this time last, last year. year. Yeah, last know. year around earlier this time. Yeah, it was it was the same thing with me. Like, just the fact that you got that year hair start because everybody we talk to, bro, y'all so young, y'all so young, yeah. even younger than us. Yeah, yeah, because I know pretty pretty much a lot of twenty three years old. They probably want to go hit up Miami. They want to go to Las Vegas. Everybody want to yeah. take a trip. Well, actually. I kind of messed up my money because I went to Miami in January and I should have never did that. <laughs> so, it be like that, man. But I, I learned my lesson. I told myself, um, well, like I said, I'm going to go to New Orleans, but I don't have to spend that much money, you know? Because nah. I'm not going to – I'm just going to drive out there and be out there for a couple of days. It don't, it don't really cost too much money to get drunk and walk around the French Square. So, uh, I really don't. One thing I did like from earlier that you said to kind of just – shifting back for a second uh when you were saying like you basically had to sacrifice your weekends and not go out not spend money not really have all the extra fun and stuff but that was what helped you build your business but mm -hmm. then not only that but when you did decide to indulge in that and go do that type of stuff you saw how much it hit your account and you were like man it was not worth it you know what i'm saying like that that that's cool because it compares to both sides of the scope of what people talk about on, you know, social media. Like, oh, well, it seems like they never want people to have fun or they never want them to go spend money. Well, it, it it's not that. It just, it sets you back a lot more than it's worth when yeah. you have a different mindset. Exactly. And I'm, I still kind of struggle with that just a little, not too bad, not like it was. Um, but like I said, I definitely, I definitely can be more uh, focused and disciplined. Um, 
When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. But, I mean, it, it, it doesn't, it's not days where, like, for instance, right now, or like today, um, I'm about to go out driving for dollars. Um, you know, I got to finish this certification. But, I mean, after that, you know what I'm saying, I got some stuff set up. You know what I'm saying? So, um <laughs> All about balance. Yeah, you got that work first and then play later. Attitude, yeah, gotta have that, bro. Yeah, gotta have that. Much respect. Definitely, I I had an old head who used to always say something around me when I was young. You say business before bullshit, and I always tried to run with that. I like that. You know, you just handle your business, but then you can have your little bullshit. Yeah, people people think entrepreneurship is like. you know, like you gotta be, I mean, in some days you have to be like, you like gotta be like laser business, like, oh, you know, I don't wanna do nothing, like, you know, just straight work. I mean, like I say, some days it's like that, but it's like some days, bro, you can put in, like on the weekend, you can wake up, you know, at like nine or 10, you know, put in four or five hours of, you know, whatever your lane is, and you can still hit the club, you know what I'm saying, or hit the lounger, you know, go to the, you know, wherever you're trying to do, you know, you can still do it, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not like all, like I say, I feel like at this age, when you're building yourself, it should be like either 80, 20 or 70, 30 when it comes to, you know, work versus, um, you know, having fun and stuff like that. So, like but that's just my like that rule. I like it. 70, 30, 80, 20. Y'all take that in mind because a lot of people are trying to get away from the nine to five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, my brother. So I got like two more questions for you before we wrap this thing up, man. So what's your best advice for someone who wants to get started setting up an insurance plan or if they even want to get started selling insurance? Okay. For, from a consumer view, um, you basically, like, I would just like ask myself, like if you, if you don't have a family, um, I would just ask myself like, okay, what are my goals like in life? Like, do I want to be like a risk taker with like investments in businesses or, you know, do I just want to, you know, get a, a trade or a, de- or a degree and, you know, work, you know, my 40 years, nine to five. Cause some people enjoy like nine to five stuff. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? So then you got other people that are like, no, nah, I don't want the nine to five stuff. So I would just sit back and really try to see what your goals are and then definitely sit down with a broker. Do not go online and try to like look up a policy. Cause a lot of people are like buy some stuff and they really don't even know what they buying or it's like, it's not like a lot of information, you know, that you could get like, well, I mean, of course the computer can give you hella information, but I feel like it would be better if I came or somebody like me would come to you and broke everything down. I feel like that'll work versus somebody getting on the internet and just trying to like look up stuff for their own. Cause I don't feel like people would even take the time to, to look that stuff up because people think life insurance is just basic. Um, you know, when you die, you, you'll get X amount of dollars or whatever. Um, but from a producer side, if you're trying to get your license, um, I would say this. You basically, like in this world, you could either be a broker or an agent. 
like an agent is somebody that's with the agency and you basically build yourself up by recruiting a team, um, keeping your recruits motivated, keep, keep them recruiting. Um, and I know people that make cake doing that, dude. I know people that, that are millionaires by, you know, of course they're, they're older. They put in like a lot of work, you know, no matter what you want to do in life, it's going to require a lot of work. Um, but if that's your lane and you feel like you, you can recruit a lot of people, go that way. Um, people that want to be brokers like myself, I would just advise you to contract with as many companies as you can, get as many certifications as you can. Um, and it's going to take time because like I say it, it, it's time and it's money. Um, but um, and then people that are thinking about becoming insurance agents, I hope y'all know, or if I don't know, I'm going to let y'all know right now that when people start passing away, you have to be the one that deliver the checks. So if you can't deal with like grieving families, you know, if you're not strong enough for that, then I, I won't even jump in this water. So, um, I mean, I, that's pretty much, that's pretty much that. So. Sure, man. Okay. So we coming up to the last part of our podcast. One of our favorite parts. I know it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, man. We're going to ask what's on your timeline, my brother. So the what's on your timeline segment, basically something you saw on your timeline. It don't matter if it was on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just something that you saw that was either positive, impactful to you, something you posted, just something that stood out to you on your timeline within the past week. Okay. Let's talk about scamming on a timeline because I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of scammers getting exposed. So what I advise people is, is before you do any kind of business with somebody on the internet, do your due diligence. You know what I'm saying? If somebody, like, if somebody, like, was come, like, if I came to somebody, you know, and they were kind of skeptical and they were like, hey, man, well, can you show me your licenses? I wouldn't have a problem doing that. You know, I'll give you my license number, all that good stuff. Um, so, like I said, do your due diligence. If some, if you ask somebody a question and they kind of get a little shaky with you, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with them, but it's, um, it's definitely, uh, a lot of scamming going on, you know, on that, on that online, especially in the, in the, in the Twitter world, man. So once you get labeled as a scammer, man, it's, that's, that's, that's pretty much it for you, especially if everybody like on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say nobody's name, but this is one cat that everybody just keep blowing up and scamming. They got receipts on dude. So, um, Y'all got anything y'all want to talk about about what y'all seen on y'all timeline recently? Uh, nah, bro. I'm. I mean, uh, I want to talk about oh, the Facebook. Yeah, I was about uh, to say I want Facebook to talk about Libra. Libra and Facebook with their cryptocurrency, man. So what is Libra? That shit crazy. Like Facebook it's a partnership between Facebook and like twenty eight different. It's twenty seven different companies, twenty eight including Facebook. So Facebook partnered up with like PayPal. Is it PayPal? I think PayPal, uh, Uber. They've done eBay and a few other people. So they're coming out with a cryptocurrency. It's supposed to be ro rolling out in 2020, man. Um, but as soon as they announced it, they did kind of get slammed by some governments because, you know, Facebook does have a history of yeah. the, uh, the data and kind of like selling people's data to other people. But basically, Libra is kind of different than Bitcoin and Litecoin and all of the other cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. The way it's similar is they will be using the blockchain format to where, you know, you kind of keep all the data recorded and uh, keep track of it. But the way it's different is that people can't initially be investors in, 
in the grand scheme of things. You know how like you if you buy so much Bitcoin, the price is going to raise up. Yeah. If you have so much of Libra, that's not going to happen because it's it's kind of tied to like the dollar, the euro, the pound and like around the globe. But their main focus is finding people who don't have bank accounts who aren't tied to the central financial system. So they want to be able to send money via through messenger and WhatsApp. That's what they're going to be offering it through on their own, uh, on their own services. But they're also going to offer it through a few other uh, Facebook apps. You're also going to have people developing different wallets. Um, Facebook, created our own its own spin-off subsidiary it's called calibra calibra um and basically it's a wallet of their own to where you can send and exchange libra um but i i don't know how you're going to be able to upload your money and currency i know one of the main requirements though they are going to require you to upload a, a photo id in order to start using it um but you can also do like bitcoin you can have an anonymous uh, account to where you can put whatever type of name that you want to do. So yeah, Facebook is definitely joining the cryptocurrency world. Okay, well that makes that 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 certifies that this is something real. Yeah, Bitcoin also just broke 10k this past weekend. I mean, this past week. So yeah, something yeah, else yeah. to look into. But you just said all that shit. Now you got me want to talk about some shit. There's a another little story that I had put on the page. Uh, it was about the one percent. The richest 1% of the nation owns, I mean, not the nation, the world. The richest 1% of the world owns as much wealth as 50% of the poor, like the poorest half of the world. Mm-hmm. So 1% of the population owns as much money as 50%. And there are record levels of money sitting off to the sidelines that like people have never seen before. So a lot of that has to do with like the the past financial crisis being that these people were already rich whenever shit went to shit in 08 they just bought up everything and capitalized and doubled their wealth so what they're doing now is a lot uh it's a charity called oxfam they're pushing for a one percent tax on the wealth and like it just be a wealth tax for them to just pay out and they're saying that it could cover up to like it could put every child that's not in school right now in the school and could prevent I don't make me lie to you on the number I think it was 300 million debts a -hmm. year just by taxing the super rich as they call them 1% a year I just thought that was some real interesting shit just to think about like is it cool that people had that much money just sitting off to the side I don't think so I mean well I put it like this well I'm, 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 I'm against that I don't think they should have no wealth tax I don't like that yeah, I'm trying, like, I'm, trying get, I'm trying to get wealthy. I don't want them playing yeah, with my money. I don't. I don't like the fact that the more wealthy you are, the the higher they want to tax you. Like, we the way I look at it is like you all have the same opportunities. Yes, your where you started at might be different than where the other person is, but mm-hmm. we all have the same twenty four hours in a day. It depends on how you want to do it. If you want to fuck off your time and play video games and then go straight to sleep. What what can I do? Because I'm not going to lie. I was in the same position a year ago. All I wanted to do is I want to play Call of Duty. I want to come home, go to sleep, get a check or whatever. But no, if you invest your time wisely, if you educate yourself, and actually use the pow- the most powerful muscle in your body, your brain, you can break that bracket. You can get yourself to a higher level. 
it's gonna it's might gonna take a little a, a lot more work because you gotta play catch up. Yeah. But once you break that barrier, why should I be taxed for all the hard work I've done? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. And like I'm like I said, I'm not even there yet. So it's like I'm I'm looking up to the wealthy people, you know. Yeah. I still don't think they should get taxed. Cause I mean, I used to be one of the ones that thought that every wealthy person like inherited their wealth and you know, all the wealthy black people had to be in like some type of secret fraternity or sold they sold to the devil. You know all that yeah, all that yeah, all that shit. Man. So but then I started getting around some successful black people and you know, and not even just black people, successful, you know, everybody. And it's like all these people are like first generation people that had to get it out the mud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. I'm, I'm not against. Uh, I mean, I, I am against uh, that wealth tax. Um, what about you, Jared? You got anything about uh, on your timeline? Man, I haven't even been on my timeline that much. I've been at work, been kicking my ass this week. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I, I definitely understand, man. I know you started your new job with the railroad and everything, so I definitely understand. Oh, um, you had to put me on blast like that. Hey, man, hey, man I'm going to keep, the, you, my brother. We we keep the people updated on what's going on. They've been, they've been heard about you got a new job, man. So, Oh, uh, speaking of which, new jobs and all that stuff, uh, I'm going to actually move over to being a teacher. So that's going to be something new for me. Hey, turn up, man. Turn up. Um, okay. So, Brandon, where yes, can sir. the people find you at? Where can they connect with you? Where can they link with you if they want to purchase some insurance from you? Or even if they want to learn from you, what's some places they can find you at? Okay. So just to say, I'm only licensed in Texas, Colorado, and North Carolina. Uh, I will be licensed in Nevada later this month, either early next month. Um, if people do like want to inquire in a state that I'm not licensed in, if I have enough inquiries, um, well, really a lot is just like, if I have like at least two people that hit me up and they're in like Ohio, I'm like, okay, well, I need to get licensed out there in Ohio. Um, but on Facebook, uh, my name is Brandon Thomas and I know that's a very like generic name. Um, but I'm sure if you typed in Austin, Texas, uh, I'm a black dude. I got dreads and every um, profile picture is going to be my face. So, and I'm not cutting off my hair. So, um, I'm going to be the same dude. Um, on, uh, and that's B R A N D O N T H O M A S. And that's on Facebook. Um, on Twitter, um, my handle is, uh, Mac from the 12, which I'm going to change that soon. So it's M A C F R O M. T H A one two. The numbers one two. Um and on Facebook, I'm pretty much nothing but you know, insurance. Um, you might I really don't do all that positive affirmation stuff. I leave that to other people. Um it's really just a lot of just free value. Uh Twitter's the same, but I do get more colorful on Twitter. So it's you know, it's it's more transparency. Um you'll see me talk about some stuff on Twitter that I won't talk about on Facebook because Majority of people on, on Twitter are millennials. So it's like I can post an insurance post and then the next post I can be like, man, where the weed at or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but on Facebook, you know, you're dealing with millennials, you're dealing with people in their thirties and forties and, you know, older people, they don't want to see that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I keep it pretty, pretty business on, on Facebook. Um, 
but yeah, uh, you can reach out to me on any of those. Um, uh, my DMs are always open. I work 24 seven. Um, I do give free consultations right now. Um, but that will change sometime in the future. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I really don't, I really don't get on Instagram like that. Um, what what if they don't just have any social media? You got an email address where they can kind of inquire? Um, it'll be better. Uh, my phone number is 512-436-1380. Um, and they can call or text. If you do call me, please leave a voicemail. Cause if you call from a number that I don't know, uh, chances are I'm not going to answer, uh, that first phone call. But if you leave a voicemail and you tell me, uh, what your name is and what you're inquiring about, um, I'll definitely, you know, hit you back pretty quick. So. Sure, man. Oh, well, Brandon, man, we definitely appreciate you coming on here, dropping these gems, man. Yeah, this is, this is definitely a subject that we needed to have. And I appreciate you for reaching out to us on Twitter about it, man. Like, so like, I appreciate it, my brother. Um, also, everybody, uh, once again, y'all follow us on Instagram, Black Wealth Renaissance. Y'all follow us on Twitter, BWR Movement. Underscore uh, Movement. BWR Underscore Movement on Facebook. It's Black Wealth Renaissance. Uh, be sure to check out the website, www.blackwealthrenaissance.com. Once again, we got great resources for you guys. Um, we got our mortgage calculators. We're also starting to post more blogs for you guys. We actually just posted up a blog last week uh, pertaining to um, businesses and how to create wealth within the community. So check that out. Um, we got merch on the website. Y'all can get y'all some Black Wealth Renaissance merch. We also did partner with... Uh, we, we partnered with GG Closing. GG Clothing. Golden Graphics. Yeah, so um, we got we got a shirt with him where it's kind of collab between both of us. Y'all can get one of those shirts. Um, we are working on so much more for you guys. Once again, y'all follow us on Twitter too. Not Twitter. On YouTube. We got the YouTube page. Like we said, we're working on content. Y'all can listen to the podcast. Y'all can actually see what we look like and um, just get a feel for us. Man. It's <laughs> funny that you had to say it. Like yeah, that. man, but... <laughs> Honestly, y'all, just keep on rocking with us. We appreciate y'all for listening and tuning in on the podcast. Um, We'll be back next week. This is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.